Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the world's greatest podcast. That's the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> welcome back, listener. The 97th time on a podcast, you've heard my voice introduce it. Mr. No Days Off. I'm here with Jim and Stan today. Jim looks like he's on his jollies. Stan's at home. I'm with my other half. And <laughs> there's some punishment to be had, Jim, isn't there, today? There's some winners, Cook, and there's some losers. And losers must be punished. And Stan oh. is going to feel the full force of the bomb. Yep, the bomb from everyone's favourite YouTube series, Hot Ones. That's a free plug. You know what? We'd love to have you in Hot Ones. We'd love to have you sponsor the Da Cookie Pod. But... Sean, you're the second best host in the game behind myself, Jim and Stan, because I consider us all on equal par. Uh, but yeah, Sean, you're second best, unfortunately. Stan did get the Champions League predictions wrong. He was the worst out of me and Jim. I got six out of eight. Jim got four out of eight. And unluckily for Stan, he got three out of eight. So Stan, tell slash show the listeners what you're going to do for us today. So yeah, we've got the bomb, which is... a. Uh... Beyond insanity, I'm told. What's, what's the uh, Scoville units on that one, Stan? Do you say? Scoville units, I think it does, yeah. Let me 125k? Nearly. Jim, do you want to have a guess? 119. No, you went the wrong way. It's 135,600 ah. Scoville units, which is about 135 times hotter than your standard Sriracha sauce, which Ooh. we found out before. That's heavy. It doesn't smell nice at all. It smells of... <laughs> Smells like it smells shit. Of, to be honest, Dan. It smells of pure uh, burning, um, which I'm sure I will experience very shortly. Uh, it smells like burnt what? asshole. Would you maybe? Yeah, from the last time I smelled it, I'd say that it is the closest uh, thing to burnt <laughs> asshole. Are we like, kicking off the show with this? Possibly yeah. fine. Jim, the young is up. I'm all for it, baby. I'm not. I'm not going too mad because. Um, Cook did show me a video of, of somebody trying it and they were spitting outside and, yeah, not very happy saying they couldn't right. feel the face. Was so, it Jamie Carragher? Yeah. <laughs> allegedly. Perhaps, allegedly. That, that, that was a defence. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll just write what's bomb, on the side of the bottle. I'll just write what's on the right, read what's on the side of the bottle. We started with hot habanero peppers and blended them with smoky chipotle peppers and natural pepper extract to create a sauce that was lab-tested at 135,600 Scoville units. Wow. Wicked beyond belief. Warning, this sauce is extremely hot. Keep out of reach of children and consume one drop at a time with extreme caution. Mm. So, listeners, if you do buy the bomb, don't just smash it on your kitchen floor and let your infants run around and crawl in it. You just don't do that. Yeah, like you normally would with, say, a bog-standard barbecue sauce or mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just chuck that everywhere. Usually, just on the on the floor. If you have a hundred chicken, you all know I'm a fan. I would do that from the Red Lion. From the Red Lion, another sponsor. We're happy to have them on the pod as well. <laughs> yeah, we'll have Cook. hot ones and Red Lion <laughs> pub in Lowton. Come on, Cook. lad! But <laughs> when you poured it, was it quite runny or not? Should I pour it straight on, or should I put it on a spoon and then put it on? What? What's uh, I'd, I'd, I'd I reckon put it on a spoon. Or okay. put it on a plate and dab it on. Just dab into it. The only thing that is going to be running is yeah. your asshole. Right, I'll tell you what. I'll yeah. put a little bit on a spoon. Okay, I'll try and help you to see it without chucking it all over my laptop. No, nah, that's a good one. It's, f- it's fairly runny. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay, let's get this shit smothered. Wait, let's see what you let's see what you're putting on first. I'm not sure the listener. Well, I'll tell you exactly what it is. It's a food warehouse, no sponsor, but honestly, I go there every week, so I would love to be sponsored. Stand no sponsor, and they can come on as well. Them, the Red Lion, and Sean Evans. Fuck me, look at that. Um, it's a chicken smiley face. Now, I know it is an adaptation on the 90s childhood favourite, a potato smiley face, but with the advancements of technology, we have been able to put chicken inside instead of potato. So, yeah, here we go. We're going for that much. Now, that was a drop you saw. I'm not cheating. No, that's, no that's, I'd say that's a fair effort from yourself. It doesn't smell great. What technique are you going for? A little bite? Or are you going for a... Oh. I'll, I'll go for about half. I'll go for the um, half moon Jaffa Cake advert. Chocolate Eclipse. Potentially the total eclipse, like you say, depending on how my throat's doing. Mm. So yeah, here we go. In fact, I, I would say, as well as like Cook said, not letting your children roll around in it, I also <laughs> wouldn't touch the bottle and then empty your bladder because you will know about it. Stan's PP is hot. Here, here we go. That's quite crisp, wasn't it, that, Jim? Initial thoughts? Oh, that's hot. <laughs> yeah, you've got a good bake on there. <laughs> that's hot. It's not hit the back of my throat yet, but I have just swallowed it. Hey, play your cards right. I'll be there with you at the end. And it is hot. It's very hot. It's hitting the back of the throat yet. It's unbelievable. If anybody's seen Ollie Ball, that's it's seriously unbelievable. Um, <laughs> well, that is hot. That's hot. I wouldn't. I'd say. I'd say it was a slight overreaction, or I'm saying it now. Maybe I'm speaking too soon. <laughs> so, yeah, that is hot. Very warm. Yeah, very warm. A very Sriracha heat, maybe a vindaloo heat. Perhaps not your typical um, chili heat, as in like very raw chili. It's a little bit, it's a little bit fragrant. Yeah, it's got the spices in there. Mm. Um, but yeah, it is hot. It is hot. Not as much of a punishment as I thought it would be. But I would go as far as saying that it is beyond insanity. Um, well, I think Jim, we might have to go one per segment then. We may. We <laughs> we might want- one per player of the 23 months squad for about to go. Listen, yeah. it could be a grower, not a shower, so I'll, I'll let you know how I get on. Now, we'll be back in with Stan in a little bit. But, Jim, you mentioned the 23-man squad there. Talk the listeners through what we're going to be talking about. Oh, yeah, there is some actual football chat on this show, guys. As you know, oh, yeah. we're a football podcast. <laughs> so, we've got the punishments out of the way, early doors. Get him on the middle. Stan, Stan, Stan's got his milk out there. Is that semi, is that semi skin, that Stan? Uh, yes, of I'll course. Skimmed. Green top. Semi skimmed. No, nice, nice. Your mum's tit stand or the fridge? Yes, green top. <laughs> <laughs> she is uh, I meant, I meant she, would, she took the green top off. <laughs> Allegedly. As Cook was uh, going to try and um, choose and um, come to majority decision on the podcast of what our 23 months got this summer would be. So, um, suit up for some debates, buckle in. Um, I don't know if you just want to get started with the goalkeepers and just well, start we, now. Well, we did our own, didn't we? So, Jim, you tee us off with your three goalkeepers because we've decided on a format, didn't we, prior to this? Yeah, so we've done we've done three goalkeepers, nine Five defenders, yeah. um, six midfielders and five forwards. And we have based our selections on Gareth Southgate playing a 3-4-3, which looks likely... Um, so we have took that into account in some of our you know, in some of our choices. So to kick off, um, should we get so should we go with starting goalkeeper as yeah. the first one? Yes, Jim, take us away. I've gone with. Do you know what? I don't love any or any of these options. I don't love them, but I've gone with Nick Pope uh-huh. from Burnley. 
I think um, Pickford is making mistakes too regularly now. It's not like a one-off thing. So I'd definitely drop him. Um, and then there is a bit of a question, really, if, if Dean Henderson can play from now to the end of the season and be United's number one. I actually would be surprised if he wasn't England's number one and he was United's number one. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think he could be, like like you say. Uh, but I do expect De Gea to come in. Uh, he's obviously been away with uh, the birth of his firstborn child. And uh, no, I'd expect him to come back in after the international break. Um, if Henderson was to stay in, I still don't think he would. I think Pope and Pickford are ahead of him just because I think Pope deserves it by now. I think we were all expecting Pope to be maybe given the chance earlier than he than he has. If he, if you could even say he hasn't been given the chance yet. Uh, and obviously Pickford is one of his favourites. So I actually think out of those three, Henderson is the third choice goalkeeper, I would say. So he'd do very well to, to go from third to first, in my opinion, between now and, uh, and the Oros. I'd probably agree with you there, Stan, as well. Uh, I think that you need to play more than... Correct me if I'm wrong, but as it stands, probably plays like once a month, Henderson, for United. Uh, um, probably on average, yeah. If you look at how many games we've had compared yeah. to how many starts he's had, it probably does balance to maybe once or twice a month. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if we were talking about Nick Pope, let's say, for example, he played for Tottenham, then it wouldn't even be a... I don't think this would even be a debate, to be honest with you. I think... Yeah, I, I do agree with that, actually. The shittest. Yeah. I think Pickford's the shittest. Um, it's just because he can smash the ball really far. He's like that fat lad you'd always pick on your team going next. He can boot the ball that far in school. So, but I'd take Pope. Are we all in agreement? Are they the three we've all gone for? Yeah. No Sam yeah. Johnston? <laughs> well, I was... I did go for... Well, personally... I did look at Pope and Henderson and I did look at putting Johnson in, but yeah, I'd take Pickford just for that. Just, well, one, because I know he's going and two, because he has played in tournaments before and I think he could be vital even if he doesn't start just to have around the group because he has that character, you know, he loves a rave and he loves uh, getting the team up for games. Well, I heard yeah. something at work today about Jordan Pickford. Uh, a lad I, I was at work with today is working as player liaison for Everton and he's made thousands of them basically saying, here's me, here's me, uh, here's some money, go and get us some flowers for my wife. Apparently Pickford doesn't know when his kids' birthdays are, when his anniversary <laughs> is, when his, when his wife's birthday is. He doesn't know fuck all, Mother's Day. Then this person said, because I asked him, who's the worst to deal with? And he went, Pickford by far. Doesn't know anything. Thick as fuck. <laughs> Allegedly. No, no, he is thick as fuck. So, oh. so I think we're all in agreement. Are we all in agreement that we're making pretty early uh, a big a big call by taking Pickford out of the starting spot? But we've all gone with the same three. Yeah, we'll take him out of the spot, but we're taking all three on the plane. Yeah, I think I think I think it's pretty unanimous. Yeah, same three, but Nick Pope starts for all three this, as well. This is probably the easiest one for us, to be fair. Well, yeah, that, one of the, yeah, one of the easiest ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so so on from from the easy, we'll go to <laughs> probably the uh, hardest position on the pitch, right and we'll back. just go. Yeah, we'll just go right to left and we'll go as our, our two right backs. Go on, Cook, I'll let you start with this one. Uh, for me, I've picked Reese James and Trent Alexander-Arnold. Uh, Whippier, fuck off, mate. You've not been good since the World Cup. You, you were shit. I know you've had three months off uh, from your bet 365 antics, but you're not going with me. I think <laughs> he, was, he was in the England team for that period of time, just as Fabian Delph was and Ashley Young was. And... It's time to take the rough with a smooth and get rid for me. Trent and Reese, baby. And who would you yep. up starting out of them two? 
Well, I'm obviously going to say Reese James because I think he's a better wing back than Trent. I think he's a better defender than Trent. And this season, just as good going forward. So, Reese James. Yeah, I, I will jump in there just to save you coming back to me after you and say, well, you might be the same, but they are my two as well. Um, although, what I would, oh, oh, because I do think for a 3 4 3, like Cook has, like we've said, that, that you know, that's what we are going to go with. Um, I think they are our best two wing-backs uh, on that right-hand side. Uh, I don't think there's much debate over that. I think if you look at Trippier, like Cook said, doesn't offer too much. Definitely doesn't offer clearly as much as or any any more than either of them two do. I think Wambasaka, you wouldn't use him as a wing-back and, and you know we will come on to what we may do with Kyle Walker. So it's got to be them two for me. The only thing I differ with is that I would start Trent out of the two purely because if I look at what Trent is good at, and what Trent is bad at, I think his ideal position would be on uh, the right-hand side of a back five. I think it'd be perfect with Walker in behind him, maybe Rice or, uh, as I said, Dean Anderson, Jordan Anderson covering him uh, and him going up and down and, and you know, whipping Sweet balls. Keeper, he, he could. Well, <laughs> you never know. Maybe that's the only way he's going to get over Pickford. Maybe Pope needs to do the same midfield too. <laughs> no, but... Um, yeah, they're my two, but I mean, it's close. Like, if James starts, I don't think anybody's going to be, you know kicking off too much but I would take them two and start Trent well I think we just thought that was going to be really hard <laughs> so I'll just take this moment to interject and uh, mention the bomb which if you were listening from the start of the show and haven't just joined or you haven't left us before this point uh, which I'm hoping not I will just say that it, I, I did mention it might be a grower and I can tell you that it definitely is a grower I've drank all my milk like a good boy and <laughs> <laughs> and the roof of my mouth is Norman I've just told them both the two boys here I do keep licking the top of my mouth I can't stop it it's um yeah I just keep doing it just to check if I can feel anything and I can just feel pressure but it is uh it is very normal I'll tell you that would you say Stan it's not like, looking for it's we're not looking forward to uh visiting the toilet tomorrow I'll I'll, I'll say that right now Oh, Stan, would you I'm say? I'm looking forward to following you. <laughs> when you you summit stinks, but you can't stop smelling it. Is it a similar situation to that? Yeah, yeah, like that. I just keep licking it. Just to, I mean, I'll tell you if I ever ever like get the uh, feeling back in the roof of my mouth, but <laughs> I am licking it every three seconds. Just to, so I'll tell you within a three a, a, a space of three seconds whether I can feel the roof of my mouth. <laughs> okay, just to let everybody know at home, I'm I'm still here. Stan's still with us for now. Right, I'm back with the right-back chat. I was just going to say then that I thought that would be the hardest position to do because we've got so many options, but we've all chose Trent and James. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I've done the same. Um, I, I think if you ask me the best two right-backs England have, it'd definitely say Trent and Wambasaka. But, I mean, in a 3-4-3, three, three, I just don't see any room for the Wambasaka because all his, all his strengths are defending. And Yeah, I don't think he's terrible going forward, but... He's definitely not Trent or James. He's not having Trippier, really. Um, like you mentioned with Trippier, he's one of Southgate's favourites. I know he's, he's had a decent season with LA, but he's been suspended only for like three months now. Yeah. And the thing that Trippier does for me is at England is the dead ball and crossing. But I look to the rest of my squad and he's, he's got that. So I, even tr- even just Trent himself can yeah. deliver just as well. Corners for clubs like James and uh, James and uh, Trent both take free kicks in corners for Chelsea and Liverpool respectively. So if we're taking him for that, then there's no point, is there? So yeah, Jim, so. Um, 
we we will uh, we'll put something together and uh, put it on the Instagram. So we, we've we've chosen Pope in net. They are our two right backs. I've gone for Trent as a starter. Cook's gone for James as a starter. We'll let you make the uh, final decision on who you would start and just give us a brief explanation why, if it's any different to what me and Cook have already said. Yes, so um, I definitely agree with Cook when he said James had the better season. Um, And he's played there more often. We've actually not seen Trent in that position too much, really, unless Liverpool change the way they play on the pitch, which they haven't done too much. But I I just think, I know he's had a bad season. It is crazy to me that Trent hasn't been called up for the latest World Cup qualifiers. Um, Not saving charge, right? I I just think... He's, he's one of these players, he's, he can be generational. I mean, he's changed the right-back position last season on the pool in the league. And even in recent weeks, when they kind of been scraping wins together, he has looked very good and he's been one of the pool's better players. So just on the fact that Trent's been there and done it um, in the past three seasons, I have Trent to start. Bloody hell, Roy Hodgson over here, Stan. Past three oh, seasons. Bloody Wayne Rooney would be going next for Jim. <laughs> well, we'll find out if he does later on. Well, you, <laughs> later never on. you never you know. know. Right, centre-backs. Yeah, I've chosen five. Yeah, so we've chosen five. Go on. Um, go on. Who's not? Jim, you can start this one. I'll start us off. All right, okay. So, I've got my starting three being, I've definitely put Harry Maguire and John Stones in there. I think they've been excellent all season. Um, definitely England's two best centre-halves. And then a right centre-back, I think there's a few players that you could put here. Um, I've chose Kyle Walker just for his pace and covering Trent. Um, and then as back up to either of them positions, I've gone with Connor Cody because um, he's very capable of playing in a, in a free-back formation that's done for a few seasons. And that's been solid since he came into the Prem. Um, already had his England call-up. And then I've gone with a bit of an outsider to make the squad too. Um, ben Godfrey, very impressed with him. Last season at Norwich, very impressed with him this season at Everton. He was excellent at City. He's very aggressive. He's good in the air. And again, played in a free back quite a few times for Everton. So two backups that are very capable of playing in that system. Yeah, I will uh, interject again and say this is why me and Jim had such success with AC Milan on, on Football Manager and say that I've gone with the exact same five centre-backs. I think Maguire, Stones and Walker start for me. I think you've got to take Cody purely because... I know recently they haven't played in a back four, but I just think he slots straight in there. He's such a leader for Wolves as well. Um, and yeah, my, my fifth one out of those is is, uh, is Ben Godfrey. I think he's been brilliant all season. Uh, pace in there as well. So if Walker did pick up an injury, you slot him straight on that right-hand side with uh, with Stones and, and Maguire, and he does a, a very similar job. And I think he's, he's fully capable of doing that. I know he's been picked for the under-21s, I think, but... Um, like we said with Henderson, if he if if Ben Godfrey keeps his place there and continues for the next you know two or three months or whatever's left of the season, for me he's got to go. Yeah, but another bit bit of a mix up here now for me. So I've gone Stones and Maguire with Kyle Walker filling up that right centre back side for England. I think it works. I really like Walker anyway. I think he can definitely play centre back. Uh, got a bit of a mistake in him, but his pace lets him off the hook. But I'd sooner see him make a mistake in a, the right side of a back three than as my right back playing only two two centre-backs like. But I've gone for Eric Dyer. I'm taking him as a centre-back, Dyer, because he, he is Mr. Versatile. Play, can play centre-back or centre-mid. I think you can toss a coin of where his best position is 
or even if he's good at any at this, at this point. But I've and for my fifth one, I've gone. Funny you mentioned mention AC Milan. I've gone for for Kyle Tamori, who's a bit of a an outsider to go as well, playing every week for AC Milan at the moment, doing really well at AC Milan at the moment, and it's a player that. I'm surprised Chelsea let go out on loan. But yeah, he's, he's an outsider to go. And I think 100% if he keeps starting every game like he does for AC Milan and they finish in a respectable position in Serie A, then why not? Because for Kyle Tamori, if you're asking me who I think's a better, a better footballer, even on the ball, off the ball, than Cody and Godfrey, it's got to be Tamori for me. Because I think like I think, sometimes we just take, because they're in the Prem, like Cody, for example, he's not near my England team. I don't think he's that good. I, I actually think Tyrone Mings is better yeah. than Cody. I think different types of centre-back. I think Cody is at his act. I know you've said Tamori is more comfortable, but I do think Cody is, is very comfortable on the ball, especially when he's playing in the middle. Don't get me wrong, three. he's fifth choice, Tamori. He's fifth choice. Yeah, yeah, well, that's that's what I mean, I suppose. It's 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 not a throwaway one, but, you know, let's be honest, if you're fifth-choice centre-back at a tournament, the chances of you playing many minutes is is, is yeah. very small, which is why we've all gone the same route of maybe taking, a, a you know, a younger lad just to get that experience. And if, if, if they play, they play, they're good enough to play, but mainly to go to a tournament and maybe in better shape in 18 months' time for for the World Cup. But, um yeah, I wouldn't argue with Tamari. He played really well against United in both those uh, Europa League legs. I, I was really impressed with him. Like you said, I, I was, well, judging off those two, obviously it's two games, but I was surprised that Chelsea um, and Lampard as well, he brought him through. Like, was it Lampard? It was, wasn't it, I think? Yeah. Lampard was in charge, but they, by all accounts, they asked Tuchel, said, do you need him? And he said, oh, oh so the decision was kind of made. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised he went anyway because I, I thought he did. He did well to get into that Chelsea eleven, coming yeah. straight in from Derby, and he didn't really look out of place. So, um, yeah, I suppose one thing we can agree on is is the starting three. So, yeah, the, the way I chose the backups is like you said, like it's very rare that a fifth and fourth and fifth choice centre back is going to actually get any game time. But yeah. I've chose two players who just can play in the system, and I think Cody's very professional, so I'd I'd, I'd trust him a lot more than yeah, yeah. another yeah. youngster. But I also. Eric Dyer was close to my team based on the fact that, like I said, they're not going to play that often. So it could be that these players, these backups, are more like a better for the squad in the dressing room and stuff. And I think Dyer's it's quite a young squad when I went through the rest of it. So you do need a bit of experience. But ultimately, I decided that Dyer, even though he has the, the game time, I guess, doesn't really have that much no. big game experience Miss Warren, from me to Warren picking him. Yeah, I, th- I think as well for the fact if England play a back three, I've chose Tamori and Dyer as the cover there because let's say, for example, just last thing on the centre-backs, but let's say, for example, Maguire gets injured, can chuck Dyer in there. Let's say Walker gets banned. Then you've already used two, two of the players that you thought would never play because you're playing an extra centre-back. So I don't know. I just think Tamori's got good experience, especially in Europe and in the Prem. And my next pick for left wing back can also play left centre back, Luke Shaw. That's another reason why I took him. I thought he can play left side of that back three if we even have to. Obviously, I'd rather him be out wide. And I've gone for Ben Chilwell. I feel like this is one we're going to agree on quickly, but you men could surprise me. But I've gone for Shaw because he can play left centre back and he's playing really well at the moment. And Ben Chilwell, who can also do the same. Yeah, I'd be very surprised if any of us have gone any different. Um, the, I think it's similar to the keepers, where they are just clearly England's two best left backs. Um, honorable mention for 
honourable mention for Aaron Cresswell, but um, I think Chilwell deserves it. I think he's really, you know, really well-rounded and, and you know, Luke Shaw, the, the, the way he's gone up a level in the last season, or even just the last three or four months, you know, he, he's definitely in it as well. And I think, you know, two really good left-backs for England to be choosing from, just like we've got two really good right-backs. And, and like you said, Shaw can slot into that left centre-back. So, and it's good to have that in a squad. So, yeah, I'd be surprised if Jim's gone any different. No, yeah, exactly. So I, think, I think them two pick themselves. I just want to say that it, it, Luke Shaw's resurgence has been such a surprise. I don't think any of us would have chosen that. Because I think he's by far now the, the starting left-back. He's been that good this season. Yeah, um, I'd say so. And that's just such a surprise. Him and Stones obviously getting recently called back up from the England squad for the first time since I think it was 2019. Them two now are just nailed on stars. Um, and Shaw's just been really good. And I'd, watching him, I do trust him now to to be that guy going forward. Um, he's very good crosser of the ball. He's made a load of chances this season in the Prem. So yeah, Shaw starts for me. And then Chilwell's just had too good of a backup, if anything. <laughs> but yeah, yeah so you're yeah. spoiled. Yeah, again with the system as well, like we're we're blessed. Let's say something does happen, we can get them both in if we have to. Like I said, let's say Maguire gets injured or whatever. Short yeah. in left centre back. Chilwell's I would probably say the more natural wing backs. I think Shaw's probably a better defender. Like let's say one v one v one defender, I'd probably say yeah. he is. But like you said, you've got options. It's all about preference. You can chop and change depending on whoever you you're playing. But yeah, I think what you've got to there on that left side. Sorry. Oh, just right, I think what they pit themselves that side. Yeah, I think what you've got to on that left hand side is you've got Maguire and Shaw who's played together for seasons now, so that's really good for England. You don't have to, yeah, almost worry about them now. That's that's I mean, such I a, a bonus. Yeah. Well, like you, like you say, if something happened to Walker, you could literally shimmy that defence across and just stick Luke Shaw on the other side and have Chilwell, and you're not really any weaker, are you? So good, good options for England, like you say, and uh, yeah, two pretty straightforward picks. Yeah, straightforward. And Jim's eating his tea now, but he's got me in the mood for Rice, Declan Rice. <laughs> he's going for me as one of my centre mids with Jordi Henderson, obviously, because I think if he's fit, he's, he offers energy in that midfield, enough to, to make other teams shit themselves anyway. Gone for Calvin Phillips. He's just made it, the, uh, the Yorkshire Perlo. And then I've gone for Mason Mount as one of the flat midfielders. They're the four midfielders I would say: Rice, Henderson, Mount, and Phillips. All right, go on, Jim. Sorry, I'll let you. I'll let you yeah, well, well, I've got such. I've got to ask you about a big dilemma midfield before I get onto this. My picks, so I've chose Rice and Henderson. Um, Rice has been amazing this season. Henderson, yeah, he's had a trouble season playing centre back. But if England played three four three, for example, had two centre mid spots, like for me, Rice has to start. He's been that good. Yeah. But then in the same kind of thinking, if you're thinking like leader for England, as someone who's going to get him up for it in that midfield, the, the engine of the team, you've only got Henderson. He's dragged Liverpool to winning the league and Champions League. Obviously, he's not the best player, but I just mean mentally. So I don't see why Al Henderson can sit on a bench when he's such captain, captain material. But then thinking of the system, Rice and Henderson is just, I don't yeah. know, it, it, it's missing something when you've only got three attackers. No, I was just saying, if you've got a back five, you, you know, you really don't need Declan Rice and Henderson. You need one of them. And for me, 
you know, you go with Declan Rice. I know Henderson's injured anyway, and he'll probably only start playing for maybe a month or so before the Euros. Um, obviously, it depends who you're playing. I mean, that's that's obviously the idea of having a squad. Maybe in that, in, if we're playing Scotland, you can go with Rice and Mount. And I think, I think that's not fairing. Well, well, yeah, they, they complement each other well. I think Mount does enough going backwards to help, and I think Rice is comfortable enough on the ball going forwards. And obviously. Mount going forwards is brilliant and Rice going backwards is, is, you know, equally as brilliant. So I think, like you say on paper, that's probably our best pairing. But say if we got a little bit further and we were thinking, oh, you know, let's maybe sit a little bit deeper and then break with the front three. I think sticking Henderson and Rice in front of, of the defence won't be a bad idea if you're playing a Spain, a Germany or a France, a team that you expect to, you know, surrender possession to. Uh, I think that's he's a good option to have again, so... But it's such a tough, tough decision to choose one or the other. I think it'd be hard to drop Henderson, but I think after a full season of not playing in centre midfield, you almost have to. Yeah. Then I've got for Mount. Uh, it's one of them positions too. I really wanted to get him a starting eleven, but I just don't think I can find room because I've actually shown. I'm wondering if Cooks put Grealish as a, as a forward. So I put Grealish as a, as a midfielder. I've gone for Grealo as like my my wild card, almost like the guy that can. He kind of plays yeah. everywhere, but like anywhere attack, uh, attacking. And if you if you play a three man midfield, I could definitely see Grealish playing left centre mid. Well, even, even if Cook has gone with a, uh, Grealish as a forward, then he would have missed somebody out that maybe you've you or me have chosen. Yes. So it'd be interesting to see as we move on. Yeah. So my midfield is Rice, Henderson, Mount, Grealish has said, and I'd have Grealish and I think Rice as the starters. Although I do agree that Mountain Grice works better. <laughs> but yeah, it's such an hard team to pick. And then I've gone with um, maybe the, these are forwards as well, but I've gone with Foden and Saka as my other midfielders. Saka, Foden being a starter for me and Saka being the ultimate utility player. I think he can play either wing back, either right forward or left forward. And well, he's been so good this season. So I just think as a utility player... I don't think he'll get used that often, but that's why I've chosen him. Yeah, I've I've gone with exactly the same. So we picked eighteen out of eighteen, exactly the same. <laughs> I promise there was no um I, no I play. Think, I don't think there's much difference up front either. <laughs> I, I'd be I'd be very surprised. Yeah, I was thinking that I, I think all of us will have picked probably the same five forwards, mm-hmm. but no, exactly the same. And I think, like you say, you've got if you've got Rice, Henderson and Mount as those players that could play the, the double pivot as you were in front of the defence. But also, in, it might not be a flat four across the midfield because you'll remember it in, in 2018, we played Henderson pretty much on his own with three off Harry Kane. So maybe you could play Grealish, sit Rice on his own and then, you know, go with Grealish ahead of him with, you know, two alongside him, one in front or three in front of him, whichever way you want to look at it. Because let's be honest, if we're playing against... You know, no disrespect, Cook, Scotland or Czech Republic in the group. Um, you want to get as many of those attacking players on the pitch. We definitely don't want to be seeing a Henderson Rice or a Phillips Rice double pivot with a back five, you know, against Scotland. So fucking Ollie McMurray. Exactly exactly. So um it's hard. To, although maybe we do want to dominate the midfield battle because it might be the uh, best midfield in the whole competition, that um Scottish midfield. But we digress. And uh, yeah, so the same six, I reckon the two that we start, probably for balance, I'd go with Cook and say Rice and Mount if we were talking a flat two. Rice and Grealish if we're talking, you know, one slightly in front of the other. So I'm easy either way. Just just not, you know, two defensive players or two workers, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we move on to those five forwards. 
So for I, I'll, I'll go for my my wingers, so to speak. I've got four. I've gone left side, but obviously they can they can play both sides if if need be. I've gone for Sterling and Rashford. I, th- I think I like I like them both on the left. I like I like Sterling and Rashford. How direct they both are, and they, and they both obviously got quality in the final third. You can say what you want about about their finishing, but in my opinion, there's no better one touch finisher in world football there than Raheem Sterling running onto him. And Marcus Rashford is Marcus Rashford. We we all love him, but. Right side, I've gone for Jadon Sancho. He's chilling in Dortmund, finding a bit of form again. And I've gone for Phil Foden to occupy that right hand side. I think he plays there for City sometimes. I like it if we're going, if we're not trying to stretch the pitch. I like the fact that we could we could play inside forwards in in Foden and Sterling or Rashford or whatever. But yeah, I've gone for Sterling, Rashford, Sancho, and Foden playing on whatever side you want them to play on. Obviously, I've gone for five forwards, so we won't move on to the strikers. But um, yeah, obviously, like like I spoke about Jim. I mean, I did mention Saka as well. We didn't speak a lot about him. He's, he's versatile. Can play left wing, right wing. He can play in that left wing back position very comfortably. Should you know we have an absolute crisis with Shaw and Chilwell, um, and yeah, obviously Grealish and Foden again were in my midfielders can play in that front three incredibly comfortably and probably as good as anybody else in, in, in you know who you've already said and yeah Bashford Sterling Sancho make up three of my uh, five forwards so I'd be surprised if Jim's any different no exactly the same and we can have a little talk about who you would start um, I've gone for yeah Sterling Rashford Sancho and then Foden is my player to start on the wings as well I've gone with Foden on the right and Sterling on the left I think England will need inside forwards the way they're going to spread them wing-backs out there. And I think it's, it's, a, it's a toss-up between Sterling and Rashford, but I have Sterling on his movement and I have Foden just on general quality to start the, start the game. And then I'm guessing strikers. Um, as I said, I'm going for a wild-card backup. I know we've all chose Harry Kane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've all gone Kane. Has anyone gone for a wild-card backup? No, I wouldn't consider him a, a wild-card. No. So. Oh, no, would I? I've just gone DCL. Yeah, yeah. Calvert Lewin. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, yeah. Sorry, Jim. Go on. I was going to say, I think with DCL, I think he's a very good sub as well because, um, say, you're in a bit of spot of bother. You need to pump some balls in the box. You've got a lot of players with good delivery. He's amazing in there, and he's also amazing. Just if we're route one football, and we have to, we have to results just building it up to him. Yeah, it works for Everton. Yeah, so it looks like Harry Kane, DCL. I, I think the obvious too. People that I, I think strikers anyway that have missed out. Bamford, I feel like he's a very specialist striker. Don't know about you, Jim. Danny Ings injured a lot, but but does bag when he's fit. Probably unfortunate, but DCL's fit all the time. But it's hard to see past these two. I think you've got Kane, who's obviously top of the mountain. Then you've got DCL, and then you've got about four or five strikers on the same level, I'd probably say, Jim. Yeah, I wonder where you would put... I've got two bit of hypothetical questions for you on strikers. I wonder if uh, Jamie Vardy came out of retirement, if you would have him above DCL, because I know I certainly would. I know DCL's had an amazing season, but Vardy's just so good. I'm surprised he retired so early. Um, but yeah, if that was hypothetically a thing I was like, I to choose off of this summer, who would you have coming off the bench? I'd rather have Calvert-Lewin. Purely because I think Vardy offers a lot, obviously, going in behind, but what we've already spoken about with Calvert-Lewin, if England needed that equaliser in a quarter-final, 
and you know maybe your team was sitting back and you know taking the one nil or two one or whatever it was and trying to counter us. I think I would back Calvert Lewin to score against that low block more than I would Vardy because I've I've seen Vardy come on. Uh, I remember him coming on against Iceland in that infamous game and he didn't do anything because Iceland just sat and headed everything away. Um, But I think maybe if we had a Calvert Lewin on the pitch, maybe he would have won one of those headers and we might not have been completely embarrassed in front of the whole continent. Um, So yeah, no, just just purely on the basis that like Cook said, Kane is a level above or multiple levels above anything we've got. I think for your backup striker, you want to have somebody that offers something that nobody in, in your forward line provides I think if we want that guy that can go in behind you can probably shove Rashford that guy oh that guy <gasps> if you want if no if, if, the if you want up, bring it <laughs> listen we'll uh, we'll talk about emissions you've already mentioned that no um, if, if you want somebody to go through the middle and, and get in behind you can bring Rashford inside Sterling inside and drop Kane a little bit deeper so I think we've got that covered in terms of taking advantage of, of, you know, large spaces. But I think, like I say, Calvert-Lewin offers something that none of the others do. And that's just a pure target man and, and you know, one of the greatest headers of a ball in, in the league. And, you know, his jump is right up there, pardon the pun, with uh, the best in football. Plus, you need you need it to stick. Obviously, we've been playing Harry Kane and he is our be- obviously our best striker, probably our best player. But he, he can hold the ball up. I don't think Vardy can. I think DC is obviously much better at that. And this is the, still the Jamie Vardy, who's currently 12 games without a goal, who's wincing every time he gets the ball because he's playing injured. So if Rodgers doesn't completely fuck him up, I'd still take DCL. I actually think if um, I think Kane would work better off DCL if Kane was to drop a little bit deeper than he would off yeah. Vardy. I think I was DCL saying if he were to like in and out, if Kane got injured. Yeah, well, then again, like I say, I think I'd rather uh, Calvert-Lewin leading leading the line. I think you've got other people around him that can do the the kind of stuff that Vardy does so brilliantly. Um, But yeah, like I say, Calvert-Lewin just offers us something completely different. And like we've said, tournament football, sometimes that's what you need with 20 minutes to go. If if you need that goal, you stick him on and, you know, get some crosses in and, and... there won't be many other strikers in Europe that have that type of striker in their squad to come on and yeah. you know, be, like I said, a classic number nine that is, is aerially dominant at, you know, most of the time. Let's talk about players who haven't got an opportunity, especially with us at the helm of this England job. A player, Stan, who wasn't even mentioned in the debate, James Madison. I know we're all fans, but in my opinion, he doesn't get in the squad because he, he can't do as much as the rest. Simple as that. He's very specialist. Potentially, yeah, yeah, he is definitely specialist, and I just think if you look at the players that we've Legend. got in that in in, in that position, um, you know, even if you if you put Mount further back, like we've already spoken about, maybe playing him as more of a central midfielder than an attacking midfielder, I don't think you can take three of those attacking midfielders. Um, and uh, for me, you just take Grealish and Foden every time, which is unfortunate, but the level of ability that, that Jack Grealish and Phil Foden have is just unbelievable and just more than than James Madison. Uh, simple as that for me. Um, yeah, that, that's why he doesn't go. He's probably, yeah. if one of them two were, were to be injured, James Madison is your first backup, as it were. So, yeah. you know, it's just I, 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 I think he's definitely like the 24th man. I think if you look at the England squad and he's left out, he's so unlucky not to because, again, he's had an amazing season. But... When you just look at the squad, like you just said, Grealish and Foden have just I've not just had an amazing season. They've been two of the like 
arguably top five, top ten players in the Premier League this season. 100%. And then, so once you've got them two, there's not much room for Madison. Um, and then you could argue, well, why have we got Mount in there? But the thing that works for Mount is that he can't can play in just centre midfield, and he has done before. So he can play wide too if we had to. Yeah, he's got. I don't see Mount getting them wide positions because we've got so many options. But Madison's no. positions this season have been very high up the pitch, very close to the striker. And England have just got. They're just blessed with players that can play there. So there's just no room for him. He's and I guess um, another player which. Um, I've been called up to the recent England squad and he's making waves in Dortmund is Jude Bellingham but we didn't mention his name yeah I mean I don't know about you Stan I've definitely not seen enough of it I don't think he warrants to be where he is at this moment in time he's 17 is he still he's still 17 yeah. but for me there's better there's better players there's better players than than Jude Bellingham at this moment in time uh, I, I, yeah I don't know I just think I, I just think if if you know, I know we've segmented the squad in a certain way and maybe Southgate won't do it exactly the same. But like we've already spoken about, you're only playing two in your yeah. midfield. And say you you do choose Mountain Rice, then you've got Jordan Henderson on the bench. And for me, what is the point having Jude Bellingham in there as well? Because that would obviously mean leaving one of these ridiculously talented, you know, attacking midfielders and forwards out that, we, that we've mentioned that are that are also versatile. You know, most of them, like you've said, can play anywhere across the front three and you've got Saka that can play further back and Foden and Grealish would do a job in a two um, against the lesser teams. So, yeah, for me, it's... Yeah, that's, it's that's, that's definitely a good... Young, so. Yeah, that's definitely a good point, though, on the, the way Southgate is going to play will determine players in the squad because... You look at our squads, if we get like a graphic up after this and think, oh, wait, he chose Connor Cody to go for the England squad and not James Madison. Like, obviously, Madison's a better player, but like, they're just they're the amount of times you're going to need Madison in a 3 4 3 system versus the amount of times you're going to need Connor Cody. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to choose Madison. Um, I guess when you did mention Shaw could tuck in a left centre back, we could lose our fifth choice centre back. But again, there's just Declan Rice can go there. Yeah, Declan Rice can go there. So maybe we can. Yeah, maybe we can lose a fifth. Hashtag Blast Boys. Hashtag. Um, Yeah, and and pick a Madison. But again, I just don't see where Madison plays. Um, Unless you have an injury crisis, and if you have an injury crisis that bad, then you're you're a bit freaked. All right. Yeah, Bellingham's the same as well. I mean, and just the last one that I do want to say, just because I do think he has been really good this season, and we spoke about set pieces. And he was the one that was closest to me for getting into that midfield group. Um, and I would have him over Bellingham and Calvin Phillips. And that is James Ward-Prowse. I do think that he mm-hmm. has been really good this season. I do think he puts a shift in. And, you know, set-piece delivery is brilliant. So, for me, he is definitely an omission. Probably his best season ever in the Premier League. Uh, the levels that he's set and, and, and whatever. But I do, I do think, like we've already said, it, 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 for me, he misses out because of the, the array of talent that we've already got and, and you've yeah. got those positions covered. So, All right, then. Yeah, I'll I'll tell you, I'll t- go on, Jim, sorry. I was just going to say just a little bit on um, Ward Prowse. I wouldn't... if he Say if he went over my fifth-choice centre-back, like um Kevin Godfrey or Cody, I wouldn't actually be that upset because I think while he is playing in them two positions where he's either going to get in, he is the box-to-box runner and past Henderson... I don't really think England have that kind of player. The system doesn't suit, need one. Um, but I don't think they have one other than Henderson. Rice, I've seen him get up and down, but I certainly don't want him in the final third often. Maybe Rice is the answer in the back three. 
It, it could be, and like, like we've said, I know we've spoke about a lot about England chasing the game. Along the flip side, if England are 1-0 up, trying to see a game out, you can take one of the forward players off and put James Ward-Prowse in there. You've got, if you win any set pieces, get those three centre-backs up. Yeah. And like Jim said, he is going to work his socks off and he can play, you know, again, another versatile player. Could even, probably even do a job at right wing-back should there be any issues. So, you know what I mean? It's, uh, like I say, definitely an honourable omission. And, and like Madison one of the first backups if, if you know any of those players are injured. Okay, welcome back listeners. We've got a new segment for you now where we discuss the outright winners of the Euros with the international break being upon us. We've decided we're going we're gonna to have a look to the summer, we're going to have a look to June, see if we can win some money and just see who's decent value to go all the way or even each way in this tourney. So we're going to start off with each way in my one, actually, no, we're not. We're going to get our balls out. We're going to go for the whole thing. We're going to go Belgium to win Euro 2020 slash 21. And I just I just think that it's now or never for these men. I think for them to, to win something major, you've got key players of the so-called golden generation coming to a certain age. Uh, I know Hazard's, I believe, 29, turning 30. I'm not 100% about Kevin De Bruyne, but I know he's, I know he's up there. 1991 KDB, so yeah, he's he's around the similar age, and I just I just think that, like I said, it's now or never for this team. I think if they don't do well, Martinez will get sacked uh, from Belgium, and I just think eleven to two currently with Bet three six five. I think if they were a bigger price, you could have gone each way, but the eleven to eleven to two second favorite with France, England being five to one favorite. I, I mean. I don't know about you, Jim, but we should not be the favourites for this tournament. <laughs> no, well, that is that's weirdly why I pick who I'm picking. I know it's not much of a pump to pick the second favourites and World Cup reigning champions France, but just based on the fact that France aren't favourite, I think you've got to back them. In. They're just behind England at five to one at eleven to two. Form World Cup winners, they could follow Spain in 12 by winning the World Cup and then the Euros. It was, of course, the runners up in the last Euros, but Nader broke the hearts in extra time. Nader. I think they've got they've got the strongest squad. We've got we've just gone through England's then, and it's very strong. And we're emitting players like Madison, but they're emitting about six Madisons. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, Laporte is still not had a cap for him, and he's one of the best centre backs in Europe, um, mad, in my opinion. I, I, I I think it was Julian Lorenz who tweeted about their under-21 squad. And I know Ars is strong with, um, I think, Greenwood and hudson Adair in it. And I think Godfrey is too. But they've got, like, Koundé from Sevilla, Awar from Lyon, who we've seen in Champions League semi-finals, Fafana, Leicester, Defender, Kamavinga, who's been so sought after. That's just yeah. their under-21 yeah. squad. I just think if a team does um, outstrength England in all departments, it's them. And they've got the star power in killing Mbappe as well yeah no France obviously stacked and a, f- a few players that I forgot to mention for Belgium before just as I've I've pulled my notes up obviously like I said KDB has has barely played this season but Roberto Martinez came out yesterday and says I guarantee he will be the best player at the tournament <laughs> so Bobby Martinez is getting his balls out I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't take that bet to be honest with you Bobby and I, and I love the man so but other players, just of note, Torgan Azar, Romelu Lukaku, Dries Mertens, Leicester's player of the season, in my opinion, Yuri Tillemans. I think he's gone up a level this year. And I think 
he would he he'll be very sought after after this season, let alone after this tournament. And then but 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 like I said, players like that after that, Dennis Pratt, Mitchy Batchwai, play it goes a bit thin after the eleven. But Stan, who have you gone for? Uh, I'm back in the Portuguese, the current Euro holders. Currently uh, sat as fifth favourites at nine to one. Uh, I did back him at twelve to one just after Christmas. Um, so I did get in on that value. But j- just looking at the squad, um, obviously Rui Patricio in net, we know very well from from Wolves. Uh, João Cancelo and Ruben Diaz, who Jim, you know, knows very well from from City. Diaz probably the best um, centre back in in the league this season, and, and João Cancelo up there with Luke Shaw for the for the best fullback. Pepe, you have to thought was absolutely monstrous against Juventus. So yeah, they've got a very pragmatic midfield. You've got João Moutinho, Danilo Pereira, William Carvalho still there, and Ruben Neves. So you probably expect that the Wolves lads to be together again. And then, I mean, you look at some of these names in that could possibly play in the front four. You've got Joe Felix, uh, Atletico Madrid. You've got Andre Silva, who's who's scoring pretty much every week for uh, Frankfurt. You've got Ronaldo, obviously, doesn't need to be said. You've got Diogo Jota, Bernardo Silva, Pedro Neto, Francisco Trincao at Barcelona, and obviously Bruno Fernandes at United. So you've got all those it's, it's probably a time as well. You look at Portugal, they've always been very pragmatic with Ronaldo up front and now it's probably a time for them to step it up a level and go and win games in style and they've definitely got the players to do that. So yeah, very much looking forward to watching them and uh, I actually do think they will... Well, look, looking at that that team, I mean, some of the, the clutch players, should I say, that they have, um, I'd expect them to at least reach the semi-final stages and, and you know, potentially go on to win it. Yeah, well, imagine if... Um... Ronaldo was like in his peak. Like oh, if it yeah. was Ronaldo five years ago, like they wouldn't be even, nowhere near nine to one, would they? Oh no, no, no. They'd probably be right up there. But even I mean, on on you could have a front four of Ronaldo centrally, Bruno behind him with Pedro Neto one side and, and Bernardo Silva the other side, and then you've still got Diogo Jota and and Andre Silva and Trincao at Barca to come in. So really talented group of players, and, and like you say, Ronaldo's probably Angry that he, he fell on, well, between two golden generations for Portugal with him just being too late for the Figo, Nuno Gomez era and probably a little bit um, well, on his way out, should I say, with, uh, you know, very, very, very tentatively um, with, you know, the next era that's coming through. But like I say, really excited to watch them. Uh, yeah, what, what I will say about the Euros is that I've just done like a quick wall chart predictor of like, who would get who in the next round and stuff? Um, obviously, Portugal, France, and Germany are in the same group. With poor yeah. Hungary, who are bound to get slapped. So the way it the way it's done is, whoever wins that group has got such an advantage because, for example, I I put France winning it and Portugal coming second. And but that we basically out that group. Exactly. So we if we finished if we won our group, we would play second place in that group. So we play Portugal, for example, in my um, watch out predictor. But then in the quarter, that's in the last 16. And then in the quarterfinals, you're likely getting Spain. Like you, Spain aren't going to not win that group. And then all they'd have to beat is like a team like Denmark or something. They'd have to beat the fourth worst third place team, which could even be Germany because um, the way it's done is the six third place teams and the top four on points or goal scored or whatever will go through and 
I think if you, you put them all together, you think, oh yeah, Germany will get the most points, but they're in France and Portugal's group, so they might not even get that many points, really, Germany. So they might not even go through on that, but if they do, they might be the last one. So you Portugal route to the final is going to be hard, is what I'm trying to say, If unless they win their group. And I think that's going to be big. And it's big for teams like Belgium too, who are on the other side of the group. Yeah. But it's, it's the old cliche, Stan, to be the best, you've got to beat the best. We, we haven't spoken about Germany. I know they're in that group of death, but you know some of the players that they've got as well. But again... It feels like they've sealed their own fate though by basically saying that he's he's not going to be the manager next, next summer. Yeah, but it, that could flip the other way and they could think, you know what, we won the World Cup with him. It's his last tournament. Let's go and, you know... Yeah. go out with a bang Seven so you know, it, that can go Seven either way Seven to one is the Germans but would... <laughs> go on Jim I was just going to say I think England do you remember in the World Cup when um, obviously Belgium finished first and we finished second and that ended up working well for us because we got an easier side <laughs> that is literally happening again <laughs> if we finish it's so stupid really if we finish first or second in our group we play a second place team Either way, the only difference is, is if we win our group, we play the second team out of Portugal, France and Germany. Whereas if we lose, we play the second best team out of Spain, Sweden and Poland. So I, I think right, almost... Second win the group. <laughs> Let's I think, we, win it. yeah, give like Croatia or Scotland the, the, top, the top spot. Uh, because then we've got... Not Croatia. <laughs> I think we've got an easier route to the final. We'd still after that have to play the winner of that group, but... It'd be slightly easier if we finished second again. <laughs> that would be so funny. But it wouldn't be a major tournament, Jim, if it weren't for Zlatan Ibrahimovic. He's come out of international retirement to take Sweden at a whopping 80 to 1 to win Euro 2021. Yeah. What do and we all think reti- about Zlat coming back? He'll retire after three games, after oh. not getting out of the groups. Don't be <laughs> Don't Very be possible. Well, no, were, I, I don't like it because he, he weren't there for any of the qualification and now he's come for yeah. the big tournament I was going to say there's a reason so, he's nah, I don't rate it it's one last hurrah in it and like Jim says he'll probably play three games and then be on the plane back over to uh, to Milan so uh, obviously World Cup final is Sweden but nah they're, they're, they're not even if they, I think they get being a bit sceptical here I think look at look at the look at the impact he's made on Milan just being there who knows? Who knows? They went to the the quarterfinals of the World Cup without him. Who knows? Can you name Can you name five Swedish players in the squad though that aren't Zlatan or Lindelof? Olf Melberg, uh, <laughs> Larson, Freddie Youngberg, <laughs> Emil Forsberg, Martin. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 there you go. There's five. Read them and weep. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. I'll let you have it. Thank you for historical reasons. Starting with Ulf Melberg, the first player that came to me in mind. Yeah, well, but the final thing I'll say on this is that uh, personally, I'm hoping that England do get this Euros. Uh, I think, you know, it'll be stupid with, with what's happening uh, across the world to move it all across Europe. I think we've got the stadium, stadia, stadia sorry, ready for it. Um, and, and hopefully we can get the fans in the ground and probably out of everybody else in Europe, we are the most likely by that point to have it. So, be really good to have all the games here um, and spread out across the country. So I hope that they make that decision. And uh, yeah, we we have a, we have a home tournament for the first time in well twenty five years, is it? So first time in our lifetime, Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It will be yeah since well ninety six, isn't it? So probably we were wee nippers back then. Mm. Um, so yeah, be good, be good. 
Bring football home. Football's coming home. Welcome back, listeners. It's time. I know we've given you some odds for the Euros, but that pig bird of yours needs feeding, and she can't wait till June. So we're going to have to give you a better the week in the meantime. And our friend Jordy from at Jordy Tips has uh, sorted us a, a little fourfold non-internationals because we know the shite prices. We know we don't want you to lump on them, but we've given you a, a ten to one fourfold in the lower league. So we've gone with Morecambe, Cheltenham, both teams score. Both teams score Carlisle versus Cambridge United, Sunderland to win away at Bristol Rovers and AFC Wimbledon, Northampton, both teams score. So in just to recap, sorry, we've got Morecambe, Cheltenham, both teams score, Carlisle, Cambridge, both teams to score, Sunderland to win away at Bristol Rovers and AFC Wimbledon versus Northampton, both teams to score. So, and Stan, if anyone's got any sense whatsoever, what can they do with the information I've just presented to them? They can shove it up the rackers. Okay, listeners, episode 97, winding down it. It's that time where, unfortunately, we've got to love you and leave you. That weekly fix of the Cookie Pod boys, it's slowly dwindling away until you find out where you can see us when we're not podcasting. So if you want to follow us on our socials, Twitter, Instagram, it's at cookie podcast one. That's at cookie podcast followed by the number one. You can find us on Google podcasts, Amazon podcasts, Apple podcasts, and Spotify, or you can get us on our host platform, anchor FM, if you have none of the above and yeah, check out our YouTube channel. We're going to start posting clips soon, just little three or four minute clips from the podcast if you don't have time to listen to them all or you just fucking hate the sound of our voices and can only take us in little bits at a time so it's been episode 97 we love you all from the cookie pod and most importantly stay safe that's the way the cookie crumbles is it